And those lovely notes from Giuseppe Verde, meantime, for another edition of Syria Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast on Calcio at the highest level. Frank Cronello here. Glad you've clicked on and gotten stuck in with us. Joining me as always, fellow Calcio consultant Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How everything going today? Uh, it's going all right, man. But I was hoping that we could we could do the Giuseppe Verdi music and break in with maybe Travis Tritt's uh, "Great Day to Be Alive." You know, <laughs> um, we was hoping that we was hoping that this was going to be a, a, a celebration pod. So yeah, uh, not so much. You know, we 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 actually did record the celebration pod. That's going to be stuck in the archives. I think they go with the uh, the T-shirts, the Juventus um, uh, Champions of Europe T-shirts that go to the uh, third world countries. So um, <laughs> that recording is going to be played over there, so that you know that can all it can all get connected. So uh, I, I apologize if I any, if I ever offended anybody with that. So, but this is the Syria sit down, and we man up on the Syria sit down. All right, the, the team that represented us lost on Saturday. We've got guests. Plural guests, they're completing their hat trick uh, of appearances here today. Uh, the boys from Italian Football TV, Marco Messina and Michael Cantares. Uh, gentlemen, how are we doing? Thank you for having us, guys. We're excited. We're really excited. It's always a pleasure to be here, guys. And there's going to be a party in the background, I hear, because uh, <laughs> our, uh, Marco Messina has graduated. Uh, 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 tell, us a little about it. tell us a little bit about your milestone there, Marco. Man, I'm old. That's all I know. I got a lot older. I graduated college. Uh, and yeah, I'm excited for the next journey ahead. But, uh, yeah, I got a little party in the background. That's no, that ain't working. That ain't working with me. I'm an old man. I'm an old man. So. Frank and I will tell you when we graduated, all right? <laughs> yeah. Well, now you're gainfully employed and now you're gainfully employed and you got to join the rest of us working stiffs. So, <laughs> uh, congratulations to you. Hey, um, how about a quick rundown of uh, everything that's been uh, everything that's been going on at uh, IFTV since we left you? Um, IFTV has been growing a lot. Um, I think since the last time we met you, we worked with uh, Sampdoria. We were over in Italy yes, making yes. videos with uh, with some players. Uh, that was an incredible achievement, one of the best weeks of our life. And uh, we started selling some merchandise, so it's been a uh, really real fun for us on IFTV. Now, Michael, have Torino contacted you about being their goalkeeper? At the start of the season, have you sent them? Have you sent them tape of that trip? Not yet, but my DMs are still open. If uh, they're willing to send something, I'd always be welcome to go back. And, and any, anyone who opens those DMs of him saving the shot, I'm going to be sending them the same ones of me scoring on those. <laughs> <laughs> they might need a they they might need a striker. Milan they might need a striker as well. You never know. <laughs> so you never know. Uh, so no, we we caught that clip. That was that was fantastic. You guys are doing some great stuff over there. Uh, I do try to catch up and try to stay try to stay kept up with your videos. You guys are pretty much putting something out daily now. It seems. Um, yeah. Yep. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Um, and they can find you on YouTube, correct? Yeah, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, anything you're on, we're on. Excellent. Excellent stuff. <laughs> so. Um, this will be your only downer of the night here, Marco. Let's hope. Uh, I know, I know. The uh, party that you're looking forward to, but we do have to get into it. Yeah. Uh, and we appreciate you manning up and uh, manning up as a Juventini and joining us. Uh, like I said, we were hoping this would be a, a dedication uh, to Juventus for the entire season. But we got plenty to cover, but we are going to yeah. uh, start with that Champions League final. Uh, cover your ears. Real Madrid 4, Juventus 1. Uh Two goals from Cristiano Ronaldo, a goal from Casemiro, and a goal from Marcos, Marco Asensio. They all sucked by comparison to Juventus's goal uh, scored by Mario Mandzukic. We can just make... Can we, how about if we made Mandzukic's goal count for like five goals? Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> I'm down for that. Yeah, that works for but, me. That works for me. And we can just... We can have that be our own celebration. So, uh, for me, it easily is, is, is um, one of the best goals I've ever seen in a final. Um, uh, so, uh, very, very close second to, you know, Zidane's goal in 2002. Uh, I can't think of, I can't think of many others. Savicevic's goal in 94 in the European Cup final against, uh, Barcelona. And then after that, uh, after that, it's a grab bag. So those three stick out to me as, as the three best goals I've ever seen, uh, in any finals. So, um, but, uh, but anyway, um, I want to start this with Marco. We'll, we'll start with you as the Juventini. Just, uh, you know, speak for the Juventini supporters and, uh, uh, just start with some remarks from you on this game and uh, your reactions. Um, I mean, I think that um, that Juventus had an amazing first half. It was a first half to be extremely proud of. 
uh, where Real Madrid on their first shot, the first time going up, they scored. Um, but Real Madrid really showed their class in the second half, uh, putting in four goals. And, um, you know, they, when, when they put their foot on the accelerator, Juventus put theirs on the break. And um, the, the big thing that's disappointing, you know, it sucks to get to seven finals, nine finals and lose to seven. Uh, but the thing that really sucks is that Juventus fans and Serie A fans who've been watching Juventus this season, they know that Juventus are better than what we saw in that second half. And I think that that's really where the disappointment comes in because it sucks to lose a final, but you could accept it because Real Madrid are a great team. They understand how to win, but um, I think that's the thing that, that really disappointed me. And I had a lot of belief in this year, but, um, you know, there are things to, to be happy about. It's Gigi still has another year. And, um, you know, we, we made it to two, fi- two finals in three years. That's something that not many teams could say. So I think that there's still reason to be happy about. And uh, you got to keep believing. What are your thoughts on Italian football fans? You know, if you just go through Twitter, um, you know, there, there are guys like Richard and I that were fully behind Juventus in the Champions League, you know, and there are Italian football supporters that just, you know, would be, wouldn't, didn't want anything more than to see Juventus fail. Um, yeah. Just comment a little bit on that. I mean, I, one, I had one, uh, I had one, per, I had one guy mentioned to me, it's all because of Calciopoli, but I, to me, that's crap. I mean, the players that are on the pitch, they weren't involved in Calciopoli. They get mad at somebody, get mad at the guys that Juventus showed the door to. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the current management, the players that are there, even Gigi Buffon, who was, you know, who, who, who stuck with the whole thing. You know, they, they weren't implicated in that. They weren't involved in that. So is that really fair? Is that a really good reason for an Italian football fan to not be behind Juve? Listen, I mean, everyone's open to their own opinion. Everyone has different reasons for why they support different things. And I think that a lot of the reason I support the Italian teams in Europe, uh, because in Inter, Inter in 2010, I wanted them to win the final. I've always supported the Italian teams in, in the Champions League and in Europe. And I think a lot of it comes up based off my location. You know, living in New York, everyone is a Manchester United, uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid fan. And, you know, it's almost like watching the Azzurri play a little bit because you want to represent an Italian team going further. So that's my story. But I also, I really do understand people in Italy who grow up around, you know, every day you're seeing Milan, Inter, Juve, Roma, Napoli fans. And, you know, the, their friend who's a Juve fan is going to always want to put it in their face if they win the treble. You know, so I get that. Um, I don't agree with it, but everyone's open to their, their, uh, opinion. And, uh, Michael and I in our channel on IFTV, luckily we have a lot of support. Um, and we're seeing that the, the younger generation and the younger audience is really, uh, has a more brotherhood together, especially where the SETI is right now. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, you know, we did our season wrap last week and it is easily a growing league. Uh, we made the comment that it was the highest, you know, Syria is the highest scoring league. Uh, of the major European leagues, and you're talking from goals per from a goals per game perspective, uh, there was just so much to like about what happened this season. Uh, you know, it would have been nice to see Juventus win this and be the icing on the cake. That was my, you know, real reason for us to be on. And I think for Richard and I, we were popping the champagne every time the defending champion of the Champions League uh, was eliminated because it meant Milan was still, yeah, it was meant that still that Milan was the last team to lift the European Cup in back to back seasons. So. Uh, we got to find something else to lift the champagne about, but uh, you know we'll get to that a little bit later. So, um, yep, yep, hopefully soon too. Uh, Michael, um, I want to ask you because I did a uh, blog um, for World Football Index previewing this final, and I felt that uh, Juventus would have been better off setting up in their four-two-three-one as they were successful against Barcelona. I didn't think that. Uh, playing the back three with Barzali, Bonucci, Chiellini was necessarily going to be a good idea. Uh, that's what Allegri ended up going with when the team news broke. Uh, did you did you agree with that? I mean, uh, t- to be honest, I gave so much credit to Allegri that even if he had different opinions from me, I, I gave him more credit than uh, than I thought because he was like, he knows a team, he's doing amazing in Champions League. They already got the Scudetto down, they already got the Copa Italia down. And I was just like, uh, I give him my 100% trust, and I won't criticize that much. I saw that Dani Alves is like a different person in the Champions League. So I actually kind of agreed with it. Even though it was a little bit different, Dani Alves was like a beast in the Champions League. So moving him a little bit up out of his normal position, I thought it would work well because I'm sure Allegri made sure everyone was okay with it. And uh, at the end of the day, I I was comfortable with it, even though it was a different scheme of plans. Because you really do got to risk. It is the Champions League at the end of the day. You can't play it safe. 
So even though I was a bit surprised, I did uh, put my faith in Allegri. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just, I thought, and, 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 and Richard, this kind of leans toward the question that I had for you. Okay. Um, you know, where I thought the second half, okay, we, we talked going in, and I even suggested that in the blog, that Zinedine Zidane, all things aside about him being a great player, he's shown that he's a great manager, and one of the things that he's extremely effective at is making adjustments, whether it's at halftime, uh, whether it's with his substitutions and what have you. Um, you know, the, uh, the halftime adjustments, I mean, was this a, with those first 20 minutes of the second half in particular, did, did you look at it like, like I, I, I felt Zidane adjusted and Allegri didn't. What do you think? Well, you know, I thought there wasn't much Juventus had to change at halftime because they were the dominant team in the first half. Um, it was, it was Real Madrid who had to adjust because if you, Juventus kept playing the way they were playing, the game was going to be theirs. Uh, but Z- as we know, Zidane is a master adjuster. And when halftime came, he adjusted perfectly. Uh, and his team started dominating. Now, I didn't like the 3-4-3 setup from the beginning. Because like, like you, I think the 4-2-3-1 would have been better for Juventus, uh, given the opponent. But, you know, they did fantastic in the first half. I mean, that goal, the domination, it was great. Uh, but once, once Zidane made his move, he moved his chess piece. That's when I was waiting to see what Allegri was going to do. And I, th- I felt Allegri was a little too cautious. Um, especially if you're getting that, that you know, like uh, Marco said, uh, Real Madrid has a potent attack. And once they, once they start doing that, Juventus' natural inclination is to drop back. Um, I, I felt that, you know, Juventus could have been a little bit more aggressive. Maybe should change formation a little bit. Um, it was just, you just see Real Madrid put on, put the, put the pedal to the metal and there was no stopping them after that. And Juventus were just, they didn't, they didn't attack or as or as uh, aggressive as I would like them to see. So you know, once once Zidane made his adjustment, I, I think Allegri failed to make his adjustment until it was too late. Now the team did do well when Real Madrid went up two one, but um, after that, after that third goal, it was just a backbreaker there. It reminded me of um, the '95 final with Capello and Milan, um, where they yeah. played Ajax, and Milan were the better team in the first half, and probably could have been up about two or three 0 at halftime. And then Capello got really cautious in the second half, almost as if Milan emptied their tank in the first half. And Louis Van Gaal was managing that Ajax team, and he made the adjustments, and he brought on Kanu, uh, and he made a, made a couple other aggressive attacking substitutions. Now. Ajax would not get that winning goal until about five minutes left in the game through Clivert. Uh, but nonetheless, it reminded me of the same thing. It's like, okay, put it all into the first half. And then, you know, all of a sudden, it, it, it felt like there was a little bit of caution there from Allegri in the second half, to your point. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing that really stood out to me, because when I was watching the first 20 minutes of the second half, and I, you know, I was watching with my five-year-old son, and I said to him, I said, Juventus just can't get out of their own third. They just can't. And it's because of how Zidane moved people around. It's how Real Madrid all of a sudden decided to take over the game in, in terms of possession. Uh, you know, Luka Modric might have been the best player on the pitch. Uh, you know, Tony Kroos, uh, you know, put in some work. Isco was, was moving around. Ronaldo was just moving all over the place. And I think that really unbalanced players, Chiellini in particular. Um, you know, the... The thing that I got, the, the one thing that definitely stood out for me, I thought Alexandro might have, you could have argued Alexander was the best player on the pitch in the first half. Absolutely. And bombed forward, I think, six or seven times. Can you remember a time in the first 20 to 25 minutes of that second half where Alexandro was able to get forward and support the attack? No, I can't. Not at all. And I think that that's a credit to what Zidane did. And he just pinned everybody back. And that's why I would have liked that. Four two three one because you instead of Barzali you have Quadrado and it's another exactly. another man to exactly. try to find and play out to uh, when you win the ball and I just think the options were limited um, you know in particular in, in in the in Real Madrid in particular limited a player Marco uh, Paulo DiBala um, you know and uh, safe to say this was probably Paulo DiBala's poorest performance in Juve short if not one of the poorest. Um, one of the things that I've commented on about Paulo Dybala, he has he had 19 goals in all competitions. 16 of them were at the Juventus Stadium, um, and I think he had like 11 assists or something like that. And eight of them were at the Juventus. Eight of them were at the J. You know, is that enough to concern you that there's just something not right about him when he hits the road or when he hit, when he plays in these neutral games that 
you know, it just hasn't gotten there for him, or is he out doing the nightlife in these new cities? You know, I don't want to make any accusations. He's a young kid, too, on top of it, but, you know, is, is, is this sample size enough to concern you about his ability to do things in, in neutral site games where finals are going to be and in, you know, in, in away games that might end up being for important for you that this down the road? It, was, it definitely was one of Dybala's poorest games, but um, I, I wouldn't look at the individual in this one. To me, um, Juventus and Allegri included, everyone in the second half got the game plan, game plan completely wrong. Um, and I think that ever, almost everyone, uh, it, it was a team effort. It was for sure a team effort. Dybala wasn't good, but there were many others who we could point our fingers out and say that they weren't good. And if others were doing their jobs, it could have helped each other a little bit better. Um, so, no, I mean, I think Dybala has shown this season that he's got a, a head on his shoulders. We know he had that whole thing with Allegri, and he bounced back incredibly uh, quick. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, he's, he's still a young kid, and not everyone is uh, a Messi or Ronaldo at that kind of age. Um, and I think that uh, it was the entire team. So, as I said on our channel, I said um, it was a completely, completely a team effort. Because this team is the reason Juventus got to the final. Not Dybala, not Iguain, not anyone individually. It was the entire team. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, Michael, if there is a team that can get up and bounce back from something like this, it's, you know, the experience and the, just the resume of, um, of Juventus, you know, the resume, the collective resume of Juventus, if you will. You know, the window is closing on some of the veteran players. Um, you know, looking at this Juventus team, and you've you've, you've declared in, in in our podcasts that you're 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 a neutral that just enjoys Italian football. When you look at Juventus, what's needed for them to get back in position to win this competition? If they're going to come back to this final and win it next year, what do you think they what do you think they need? Well, I think the biggest thing would be maybe a midfielder right now, and they really got to look for a world class midfielder because Juve right now a world class team. And they shouldn't be like, they're rumored to a lot of like potential signings, like younger guys, when they should be looking at, uh, for players like, they're rumored with Iniesta or someone, but they should be getting players like Verratti or someone that could really build their team. But other than that, they're saying Barzai, it could be his final season. So their defense de definitely uh, needs to, uh, maybe a signing or two in the future. But Buffon is still, uh, he has one or two more seasons that you've got those. Other than that, I feel like the team is pretty good. I think uh, the midfield was the biggest uh, problem against Madrid. It was pretty much invisible. There was a big uh, hole between defense and attack for them. And just to add on to that, I wanted to, to mention something about that. Um, I, I think that it's, we also need to understand that, yes, Juventus were built for the Champions League, and they made the Champions League final, but so were Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and Real Madrid. They were also built to win a Champions League, and it's not always just a problem. And I agree with Michael where he said that, Juventus do lack in the midfield, and that game was lost in the midfield in the second half. Uh, but I think that it, it's also just understanding that Real Madrid are, are a strong side. If you could keep a guy like Bale on the bench the entire match, and then the, the game is already done by the time he has to come in, I mean, I think that says a lot. And not giving any excuses, but I think that it's a valid point to, to remember that Real Madrid are an extremely strong side. I'm going to close this. I'm going to put a bow on this uh, Champions League recap with this. You guys ready? Yeah. Sergio Ramos, if you're listening, you're a first-class punk. You're a miserable excuse of a, of a captain and a champion. Miserable excuse. You're a douche. And I hope you retire in disgrace. Nothing more needs to be said about it. Like <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> that was just miserable. I've got my, I'm watching the game with my five... I'm, I'm watching this with my five-year-old son. That's I true. said, Daddy, is he really hurt? And I said, no. And I had to watch my language around him. Mm -hmm. I said, no, he's not hurt, and he's doing something that I hope you never, ever do on a soccer field. Yeah. Um, you know, on a football pitch. So, we'll just leave it at that. That doesn't need any more commentary than that. So, that's our wrap on the uh, Champions League final. Uh, let's get to some news on the coaching carousel. Uh, the parts are finally moving, guys, and the... They're not really uh, very well kept secrets either. Um, you know, first I do want to, you know, let's, uh, I'll bullet point these for you. It looks like Massimiliano, Massimiliano Allegri will extend with Juventus. Bravo. Um, uh, you know, so the Arsenal people who had these delusions that he was going to come over there after, after they sacked Wenger, that's not going to happen. 
Um, uh, the the best thing Antonio Conte could have ever done was manage his Chelsea team to a loss in that FA Cup final, uh, so that Beggar could stay around. Uh, but anyway, so Allegri Allegri extends with Juventus. Uh, Inter uh, will introduce uh, Luciano Spalletti as he will come over from Roma. Uh, the Sabatini Spalletti connection, no surprise there. Uh, Stefano Pioli long thought to take over at Fiorentina for Paulo Sosa. Uh, it is announced that he will be taking over and. Uh, uh, James Pelota has said that he has his manager. He's current, that manager is currently employed, and we're working out details with that team. We all think it's going to be Eusebio Di Francesco. Uh, Richard, uh, your thoughts on these moves? Um, big ups to Allegri. You know he's deserved. He deserves the extension. He should remain in Italy. He should remain with Juventus. So I'm glad to see that see that happen. Luciano Spalletti. Um, Going to enter, he's going to do good things with them. I don't think it's going to happen in the first season. It'll take a couple seasons, but uh, he'll make them contenders as far as the Scudetto go. Um, will they win? It will be like Roma, and it'll just fall short every year. But that's them for me to comment on. <laughs> but I do, I do think Inter will become contenders now with with uh, with Luciano Spalletti. How long does he last? We'll see. Um, Stefano Pioli, I'm curious to see how he does at Fiorentina because... Uh, he's he's had different formations in the past with different teams. He's played defensive. He's played attacking. So I'm curious what to see what he'll do with Fiorentina. It's a very attacking. Uh, they have a lot of potential for attacking style team. So let's see what he can do and if he make him much better than what uh, Souza had. And then Sebi uh, de Francesco. I'm just excited to see what he can do if he can step up to the next level um, and really you know get the best out of Roma because Roma had a fantastic season. You know they would have won the Scudetto if it wasn't for Juventus. So. Um, let's see what he does, see if he can, uh, improve on what Spalletti did and really give Juventus a, char- uh, a try next year. Marco, I argued in my, uh, I, well, I'll have my blog coming out this week and I named my manager of the season and it is actually Luciano Spalletti. And my reasons are this, um, he had to put up with the drama with Francesco Totti, uh, in an angry base of fans that wanted to see Totti get more playing time in his, you know, in his final season at Roma. And in that process, he guided Roma to 87 points, a record for Roma, and a number that would win in just about any other season in Serie A, just a small matter of Juventus being a little bit better, pushed Juventus to that 37th week when we thought maybe Juventus would win this thing in about week 29 or week 30, uh, and, uh, you know, got them, you know, as, as disappointing as the exit was, got them to a respectable uh, last date in the Europa League. Um, you know, so... Do you think that he can work that kind of magic at Inter? And what are your thoughts on some of the other uh, the other moves here? Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that Spalletti does a lot, deserves a lot of credit. And I think that we need to realize for Napoli and Roma, you got to look in the big picture that this Juventus, as close as it was, they're still a step above the rest. And it's an extraordinary Juventus. And any other time, like you said, Roma would have been winning the Scudetto or very, 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 very close to win the Scudetto. Um, but yeah, I think that um, Spalletti Tainter, it, it, it's an interesting deal. Uh, I think that he, he did prove himself this year with uh, with Roma. He had the most points ever. I think that Inter's problem has never been getting continuity. So I think that that's a, an issue that I'm worried about. You know, Mancini was also a good coach, but a week before, two weeks before the Serie A, he was sacked. And I think that scares me a lot with their directors. And then going through DeBoer, and purely, but I hope, uh, hopefully, Spalletti could help bring Inter back. But at this moment, I think that all the credit right now goes to Milan, who have made the most serious moves in the Mercato so far, and the most serious one being signing Montella to a new deal. Yeah, that we did. We also we left that one out. How do I leave? I'm a Milanese. How do I leave that one? <laughs> what good are you? I hey, I I was at Red Robin. I was enjoying a nice burger <laughs> and fries and. I just, you know, I thought that was enough bullet points to go through this topic and <laughs> was going to go without saying that Montello was going to get extended. Uh, Michael, what are your thoughts? I mean, especially with, uh, uh, you know, nice to see Pioli bounce back and get with a good team here in Serie A after he was disgracefully dumped at Inter. Uh, I mean, to be honest, it was kind of, it was kind of messed up with uh, Pioli and Inter. Because uh, toward the end of the thing, even though uh, even though he didn't, he didn't get in the best place, uh, there was a lot of contention. Oh, he's gonna get replaced and all this thing. And towards the end, I feel like he was tight. Uh, he was teamed up against because everyone was saying, "Oh, they're gonna get Simeone. Bonda's gonna come." And then uh, he, Bioli's just a replacement. All that, all that stuff like that. So for being that, plus a, a lot of his teammates 
they weren't getting along together. I feel like it wasn't as bad, even though they didn't make Europa League. Uh, Inter's gonna be a better squad now. Now since Pioli going to Fiorentina, it's gonna be a whole different ball game because he he's actually gonna be he's gonna be the head coach, but he's actually gonna cement the spot rather than being like, oh, Pioli's gonna get sacked. Uh, who's gonna be the next Inter coach? So there was a lot of there was a lot of burden on his shoulder to deliver, even though he knew he was gonna stay at Inter for a long time. I'm excited to see what Pioli is going to do at Fiorentina with the style that he plays. He's got some pieces there that I think already fit what he wants to do. Um, and then Eusebio Di Francesco going to Roma, I, you know, unfortunately, I think we've seen Sassuolo's hard ceiling uh, as a result because I think a few of those players are going to be moving on to, uh, uh, to other opportunities as well. And it's going to be, to me, just looking at it, looking at 2017-2018 real early, I think it's going to be a real struggle for, real struggle for Sassuolo um, and the position that they finished in this season, I think they could probably look at and call an accomplishment. So uh, we shall see. Uh, you, if you're listening, you got thoughts on any of these coaching moves, go to at Syria Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram. Give us your thoughts. Uh, let's get to the Mercato. Uh, you know, some main points and then, uh, you know, some thoughts on the start here, guys. And uh, as Marco alluded, the biggest movers so far and, and, and not necessarily surprising is AC Milan. Uh, the Chinese have taken over. Marco Fasoni and, 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 and uh, Max Minabelli have come in, and uh, they've met business right off the bat. Uh, Matteo Musacchio joining from Villarreal. Uh, Frank Kessie uh, coming over from Atalanta. Uh, Lucas Villa is on his way. It sounds like $25 million for a 31-year-old Magista, which I kind of have a problem with. Uh, and then Ricardo Rodriguez, uh, they're getting for pennies by comparison to his talent. Uh, it sounds like 15 million euros is, uh, you know, what I'm hearing, uh, at left back from Wolfsburg, uh, a striker will be on the way. Uh, and then there's the, uh, the elephant in the room right now for most Milan supporters is Gigi Donnarumma. Uh, you know, will he stay? He's been offered a very fat contract. He will be handsomely paid. He's, he's got a, a really, really stubborn agent and that's being very, very polite. You know, Richard, what do you make of the Donnarumma situation? Because there is some, there's some Milan Twitter out there now starting to say that Donnarumma can go. He's not worth the headache of having Real as an agent. All right. This is what I don't like about fans because they they're overdramatic for no re no good reason. Yes, you need Donnarumma. Maybe Plizari down the road is going to become what Donnarumma is or better, but he's not even close to being there yet. Donnarumma is one of the best goalkeepers in the world right now. He's, what, 18? going to be almost 19? 18, um, yeah. Yeah, so calm, slow your roll. Calm down. We need Donnarumma. Milan needs Donnarumma. Um, as far as Rayola goes, he's doing what he got paid, he's paid to do. He's, he's trying to get the big, most money for his client. So I can't fault him on that. But be a fan, I despise this guy because, you know, he's getting, he's like, this let him sign already. Leave him alone. You know, go somewhere else. So I blame Donnarumma for signing, for hiring him in the first place. But Rayola's doing exactly what he's, what he's hired to do. He's done this with all the big, big stars in the, in the, in the past. Um, so I can't really fault him too much for that. But, you know, Milan fans out there, calm down. Donnarumma is the guy for Milan. He has, he's going to be like the next captain. Relax. We need him. All right, that's all I got to say. It's, it's, here's the thing. What fans don't understand is that Donnarumma has a very full schedule in front of him right now. He's with the Italian national team, uh, training for a friendly against Uruguay, and then a World Cup qualifier against Liechtenstein. And then after that, He's joining Luigi Di Biagio's uh, team for the under-21 European Championships. Um, so if that contract just kind of sits there waiting to be signed, I don't think that Fasoni and Mirabelli are really going to get that antsy and really going to push him and say, shit, or get off the pot. They're, <laughs> they're going to let him play his competitions, do his thing with the national team, and then when that's all done, come back and sign the contract. Who's going to gonna... be better to replace him right now? Nobody. 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 You know, and then and, and people say, oh, give Plitzali a try, please. Okay, uh -huh. Plitzali's a decent goalkeeper. He's not throwing over. And he's 16. He's not even gritty. He's not even playing exactly. for the under-20s. He's playing for the under-20s. On the bench. Know, on the bench. Yeah, on the bench. On the bench, exactly. So, you know, so, and, you know, yeah, fine. We extended Marco Storari. Uh, you want to watch the first half of Cattery's season? We'll show you why Marco Storari will not get near a pitch. So, anyway, so that's, that's what's going on. I, I agree. But uh, the striker situation is all of a sudden getting kind of cloudy. Alvaro Morata made some comments after the Champions League final. You know, 
Manchester United might be stepping in for him. Real Madrid saying we're not selling for less than 90 million euros. We don't know what to believe with that. There's the Belotti story that Milan might entice them with Niang and Niang Kuchka and 70 million for Belotti. Uh, I would do that. Uh, there's Dembele from Celtic. You know, if you had to, if you looked at your crystal ball, Richard, who's the striker for Milan? I mean, I'd love Belotti personally, but actually, ultimately, I'd, I would love Morata and Belotti, but. Um... You know, you can't go wrong with either three of them. Dembele is a fantastic talent over at Celtic. Um, Morata has proven talent in Syria and I mean, and, and on the world stage. And Belotti, I mean, he has all his potential, and he's Italian. What more do you want? And a, a, a classic Italian striker who does more than what the normal Italian striker does. So, I mean, you, you can't you can't lose either way. All right, Marco, your thoughts on the possibility of Patrick Schick joining Juve? Uh, you know him personally. Uh, and uh, and Wojciech Szczesny stepping in to be the number two and maybe uh, maybe be the heir apparent. What's going on at uh, what's going on at Juventus? Uh, Sheik is a great guy. First of all, um, we got to know him not just from the videos, you know, hanging out with him before and after. Uh, great, very genuine. And if you hear the things that they were telling us at Sampdoria, and might we remind you, this is much before any links to any top teams. It was before he scored that goal, which the game we were at, the one that everyone was talking about um, yep. against Crotone. Uh, yep. he's, he's a great guy. I think that this is a very, I mean, it's showing why Juventus are, they, they buy now and they plan for the future at the same exact time. And that really makes them a strong force. I think that Sheik, from the way that I've heard from the inside, what they think of this guy, of this kid, uh, remember, he's a kid. He's 21. Um, I think that this is a great signing for Juventus. I think he probably does need one more year at Sampdoria. But yeah, yeah. if this guy wants to take the challenge and come to Juventus, I'm all up for that uh, that ambition. But let's not forget that it has gone wrong sometimes in the past. And for Chesney, um, simply don't understand this one. Okay. Yeah, especially at Neto. Neto's been serviceable, so I don't understand it either. So. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. He's going to be making some of the most money on a contract for Juventus. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm very, very, very confused by this one. Yeah. So we'll have to tune in and see on, we'll have to tune in and see on both of those. And, and clearly after, uh, after an excellent season, you know, Juventus is going to load up and, uh, they're just slowly starting to formulate their plans. So yeah, uh, be, be very, very interesting to see what they, uh, what they move on and move on and do. Uh, and then uh, there's some key players that have been rumored to possibly be leaving Syria. Michael, let's talk about this a little bit. Inter seems to want to start their transfer campaign by moving by the rumor to be selling the one guy that actually cared, uh, Ivan Perisic. Um, there's talk about him going to Manchester United. Uh, and then also other uh, notables here, Mohamed Salah and Fauzi Gulam, both linked to uh, Liverpool, uh, with Napoli getting ready to replace Gulam with Vidma from uh, Udinese. Your thoughts, on, your thoughts on some of those possible moves? Yeah, actually, uh, for the latest uh, report, I showed Perisic, uh, Inter wanted a closer to 50 million uh, for Perisic, and Manchester United didn't want to go higher than that. So uh, I think uh, the rumors are dying from there. And Spalletti wants to keep Perisic yeah, too. That's the latest. Yeah, I saw that too. Yep. Yeah. And uh, for the Roma and uh, Salah thing, Roma's been uh Roma. Salah has been a pretty good uh, player so far for the season, but there there, there are some rumors him going to Liverpool. Uh, there's some tweets and stuff from his agent and stuff. Supposed to be close. Supposed to be close. Nothing, nothing uh, concrete, yeah. Like, it's not 100% going to happen. It can make or break the deal. But, yeah, it, it's going to be a big loss for, for Roma if Salah does leave. Because he did get double digits in goals and assists. And the partnership with Jacob really has been forming. But if you can get over $40 million for it, maybe it's not the worst thing that can happen for Roma. And for Vidman, he's been very good for Udinese. Udinese has been a pretty good season, and if Gulam goes, he's been kind of a liability for Roma. He slipped up a couple of times. Napoli. Yeah, for Napoli. Oh, I said Roma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I meant for Napoli. And Napoli has been really strengthening as a team, and I definitely want to see them next season. I think they can definitely overtake Roma for sure. Yeah, Gulam's good for just, you know, crossing the ball before he even gets off the team bus. Uh, you know, he's not much of a defender. Uh, you know, so it almost it's arguable that Didmer would be an upgrade if, if Napoli were able to get him. Um, so, uh, any other any other things you guys are hearing that are noteworthy? I know that Sebastian Griosi, who is a goal-scoring forward for River, River Plate, has been floated around. First, Sampdoria, Roma sniffing around for him. Uh, with, 
you know, from, from the things that I've heard about him, it would be nice to see him get added to Syria. Anything that you guys have been catching? Um, the, the, the guy that the guy that I'm excited for, um, and I think uh, for Juventus, there's not much you can do to improve this team, like we said. Uh, but Di Maria is an exciting name, Di Maria or Douglas Costa, which Sky are, are linking them to yeah, at the yeah. moment. And I think I think Di Maria is the guy if you want someone to raise the level. Um, and I think he's he's a hot name that that I'm very excited about because other guys, Toliso and Fabinho and uh, Keita Balde, I'm not excited about to be honest. A- as far as Juventus Mercato, yep. Uh, Richard, anything you're hearing that's noteworthy? Um, no. Oh, the last thing I heard as far as Milan goes is that you know yes they were trying to get Morata, but then the latest thing was that they're trying to get both Morata and Belotti at the same time, which would be uh, mind blowing. I know it's okay. not, but that's la- that's okay. the latest thing I heard. <laughs> 90 million for Morata is insane. Yes. He's not going to go to Milan, and no way in hell is he worth 90 million. No, he's a fantastic no, no way he's worth 90 million. I would love him, but he's not 90 million. And, and I would argue that as he's great on the world level, but I would argue that Milan should go for Belotti over him. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, uh, let's come back to Belia real quick before we wrap it. 25 million for a 31 year old Regista, you know, are. Is this just because the Chinese have that money and they want to spend it? Or do you think that there's... Are they trying to do this to leverage Lazio for players like a Milinkovic-Savic or a Keita Balde, uh, you know, or a future player or two down the road for Lazio to establish that relationship? I, I love this deal, personally. For it, sorry, I, I jumped in on this one. But just because I really like... Yeah, I know it's a lot of money. Yes, it's a premium. 25, 20, 25 million, whatever they're talking. But listen, this guy, he knows what he's doing. Milan need a guy in the midfield that could pull the strings, get rid of Montolivo, get a player who knows what he's doing. He's been a leader for Lazio. He knows how to connect the defense and the offense, and that's the guy that they need. And I really believe in him, and I think that he's a good player. Yeah, it's a lot of money, but it's not our money. I think that's very cheap, though, to add on to Marcos, for sure. I don't think it's cheap. Uh, cheap for what he offers. He plays for Argentina. Uh, he plays for Lazio. One of the reasons why Lazio's having an amazing season, they made Europe, and they're supposed to go out like 10th place or something because they had a, a horrendous Mercato, all the things with Bielsa. Yeah, he's like 29 or 30. Yeah, 29. It doesn't matter. He can, he can ha- still bring two, three, maybe four quality seasons and he's a fantastic player. I love him. And that's something that Milan needs. Milan's lacking something in midfield. I feel like he is the key to bring that. He's the best name I've heard so far, yeah. to be honest. And Richard, do you see it? Do you see a little bit of leveraging with Lazio for future players? I think so. I mean, they're showing that they, you know they're willing to spend some money, and hopefully, that this extra money that they paid for Bilia will help maybe lower the price for anybody else that they may want to get also from Lazio. We'll see. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see how how Mirabelli and uh, Fasone play this. But uh, yeah, Bilia is a good player. Twenty five is a little steep, but uh, like you know, like Marco and Michael said, he's a really good player. Uh, I liked him all all season for Lazio, so uh, should be should be an excellent signing this next season. All right, that's enough for the Mercato. Let's move on to the Azuri and the Azurini. Uh, let's jump into the senior team. As we mentioned, uh, friendly against Uruguay, World Cup qualifier against Liechtenstein, uh, and let's run through Ventura's called-up team for those. Uh, some ins and outs from the uh, provincial squad that he put together for the game against San Marino there. Some players have made way, but here is the squad for the next two games. The goalkeepers, Gigi Buffon, Gianluigi Donnarumma, and Simone Scuffet of uh, Udinese. Uh, defenders, Davide Astori, Andrea Bazzali, Leonardo Bonucci, Giorgio Chiellini, Andrea Conti, Danilo Di Ambrosio, Matteo Damian, and Leonardo Spinazzola. Midfield, Daniele De Rossi, Claudio Marchisio returns, as does Ricardo Montolivo, uh, and Marco Verratti of PSG. Forwards, Federico Bernardeschi. Just don't let him take a penalty. Huh. Uh, Antonio Candreva, Stefano Sorawi, Lorenzo Insigne, Andrea Bellotti, Eder, just because he scored a few meaningless goals at the mm-hmm. end of the season, Manolo mm-hmm. Gabbiadini, and Chiro Immobile. I've given you the two players that I don't actually, to me, Eder shouldn't be in this team. We could have found somebody else. Uh, Montalivo shouldn't be in this team. Um, and, uh, I, you know, and I couldn't tell you who the other, uh, couldn't tell you who, who to replace him with, but, uh, uh, Marco, are you okay with this team? I mean, it's a friendly against Uruguay, and then, uh, you know, what should be an easy three points against Liechtenstein, right? Yeah. Just to be honest with you, I haven't uh, been paying much attention to my national team. I saw the call-ups, I knew all the names that you said, uh, but the Mercato's really been getting a lot of 
and I think that uh, yeah, it's an exciting team. Uh, youth involved in this team, and I, I, I'm not too too focused on it. Results more about the the play that they're going to show on the field and see what Ventura does. And it's a four-two-four formation, and Ventura has openly said that he's going to experiment with it in both games. Uh, Michael, how do you feel about that system? A little fantasy formation for Italy at Syria. Not your father, Syria. So I think that's a great formation, Italy, right? What's that? Yeah, I think that's a great. I think that's a great formation. I said four is attacking. Everyone knows attacking football. We all know uh, Italy isn't the uh, you know they they like to defend the football, but they got new players right now. They got great attackers, great midfielders, and I definitely and it's a problem. There's nothing to lose. Okay, you just build from it. But a four-two-four, there's a chance to see some good prospects, and I'm all for it. Excellent. I think that's all I need to say about that. <laughs> you know, the Uruguay friendly, I could care less about. Liechtenstein, get the three points. Stay in yeah. position to try to overtake Spain in the yeah. group uh, a little bit later down the road. Yeah. Um, the Italy under-20s managed by Alberigo Ivani. By the way, I did do a double take the first time I saw Ivani uh, coaching <laughs> on the sidelines with that the, the beard and the mustache and the glasses. I did not <laughs> recognize him for the life of me. That was just... That's a phenomenal look for him, by the way. I, I must say that. <laughs> so... Uh, but they have reached the semifinals of the Under-20 World Cup. They did it in dramatic fashion, in extra time, on 10 men over Zambia. They take on England. They win that. They'll reach the final against the winner of Uruguay, who they fell to in group play, 1-0, and Venezuela. Uh, all this, you know, I mean, let's just go through this real quick, guys. It's it's good for the future of Italy, isn't it? Absolutely. So much talent on that team. Yep. And you got Luca Vito. you got Ricardo Orsolini. Uh... Um, Giuseppe Panico, yep. Andrea yep. Favilli, and so many good players. Plazzari's on the uh, Plizia, Plizzari is on the on the bench, you know, because uh, Zaccagno is on, uh, is in goal, playing fantastic. So such a depth, yep. so much depth on that team. And uh, for those of you in North America, Fox Sports is covering uh, the semifinal: Italy against England, seven a.m. Eastern time, uh, and uh, six a.m. Uh, my time. So. Wake up bright and early and turn on the game. So, uh, and then again, win that and they'll play the winner of Uruguay and Venezuela. They fell 1-0 to Uruguay in group play. Venezuela considered, uh, one of the favorites in this tournament. So, uh, you know, very, very promising for the future of Italian football that this team has made it this far, uh, under Ivani's watch. And real quickly, guys, uh, uh, Luigi DiBiaggio's, uh, under 21, um, uh, team for the European Championships. He has just named that, uh, you're going to love this. And, and when I read this squad, you tell me, okay, it's, it's, it's three groups of four, and then it's a semifinal and a final, and you tell me where they should be otherwise, where they should be in this tournament, otherwise it's a failure. We'll just do it that way. Okay, you guys ready? Yeah, you're ready. Uh, go for it. Okay. Uh, goalkeepers, uh, Alessio, Alessio Cragno of Benevento, Gianluigi Donnarumma of Milan, and Simone Scufet of Udinese. Uh, defenders, Antonio Barreca of Torino, Davide Biraschi of Genoa, Davide Calabria of Milan, Mattia Caldara, Atalanta, Andrea Conti, Atalanta, Alex Ferrari, Verona, Nicola Muru, Cagliari, Daniele Rugani, Juventus. Midfield, Marco Benassi, Torino, Danilo Cataldi, Genoa, Roberto Gagliadini, Inter, Alberto Grassi, Atalanta, Manuel Locatelli, Milan, Lorenzo Pellegrini, Sassuolo. And then the attackers, Domenico Berardi, Sassuolo, Federico Berardeschi, Fiorentina, Alberto Cherry, uh, Pescara, Federico Chiesa, Fiorentina, uh, Luca Garitano of Tessera, and Andrea Petagna of Atalanta. So, Marco, you tell me, with that squad, what's the, uh, what should, what's, what, what should they reach, and anything short of that is a failure? Um, I mean, that, that's always a very tough question to ask. You know what to reach. You know you start. I mean that's incredible, incredible talent. And like you said, um, you know they did do it in dramatic fashion. And it seems like this group is very close together. And I think it's also definitely on the bench. Um, and I haven't been. I think the most uh, is I haven't been holding a U twenty one more than I have this one. Uh, so I think that says a lot about the talent. I mean, Italy, you always want to win, right? Uh, the cap and uh, a team that always wins. And I think that's what Italy needs to aim for, and uh, anything short of that, when you start, is always fail. But then afterwards, you could you, you, you reevaluate, you see how they play, and this and that, and, and yeah, so you take it from there. Okay. 
Uh, I'll just say uh, they, 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 if they if they don't get out of the if they don't get out of the group, which has got Denmark, Czech Republic, and Germany, uh, if they do not reach the semifinal, either as a group winner or as a wildcard team, if they do not reach a minimum of the semifinal, then this this competition is a failure. Michael, what do you think? Uh, I definitely agree. Uh, I, I think it's rather your Italy don't continue to the next level. Uh, one of those teams that are favorite to go to the final in every competition. So yeah, I don't want to talk about this. This is like bad luck almost. I've never been like that. Never came across my mind. Yeah. Richard, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, without knowing what the other other squads in the world are doing, um, I I think if they don't get to at least to the semifinals, um, it'll be a failure because that team is stacked. My goodness. Yeah. That is a yeah, fantastic team. It's very impressive. That's like it my really FIFA is. team, my dream FIFA team. There. <laughs> that's that's how I would have. That's how that that would that's how I would have put Milan together if I played FIFA. <laughs> and Luigi Di Piaggio has them as a team for the uh, for the Europe, for the under twenty one European Championships. So uh, that competition begins June sixteenth with the final on June thirtieth. Uh, you know, certainly uh, going to be an interesting one. Um, let's uh, move on. We're going to finish with a little fun. All right, we did a wish list at Christmas, and we're going to do a wish list again. Uh, and uh, this is going to be one wish for each of the teams that are returning to Serie A for the 2017-2018 season. So we will not have a wish for Spal. We will not have a wish for Hellas Verona, who are promoted. Uh, and we will not have a wish for Benevento or Carpi, who are, who are getting ready to play the second leg on Wednesday of the uh, Serie B playoff, which, by the way, is nil-nil after the first leg. Second leg is at Benevento. What a story, guys, first of all, if Benevento are able to reach Serie A. I mean, Spa is enough. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, so uh, so that's got to be decided. That'll be decided Wednesday, and we will know the 20th team in Serie A for the 2017-2018 season. Let's focus on the 17 that are coming back. Uh, I gave these guys the teams that they had in advance. They could be factual. They could be funny. Uh, the other rule is is that if somebody wants to jump in with a wish, they could jump in and do it. So, so we're going to have a little fun with this. My gut is, tells me that this is going to get a little bit chaotic, much like Marco's uh, graduation party uh, <laughs> is going uh, out of this place right now. So, um, you know, you know. So to make sure that we each got four, we're going to make the example being Crotone. Um, so, so, so for example, we say about Crotone. That the form they showed in the last nine games of the season is the form that they that they carry through the entire season next year. Okay, does that sound sound sensible, guys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you guys have all been told to advance your teams, and we're going to go in order of where they finished. And like I said, you have one for a team that you weren't assigned. Jump in. We're going to start with Marco and Juventus. Wish for Juventus. Okay. Teams. So I got to give you my wish list, right? Yeah, for Juventus. Okay, my wish list for Juventus is Di Maria, um, Di Maria, Verratti, and a center back. I don't care. If you get Di Maria and Verratti, I don't care what center back you get. Any center back in the world will be fine with those guys in the team. <laughs> All right. Okay. okay. That's a pretty good thing. So, so not, not messing around in the middle of that, though. Just going to Oh, and Sheik. We'll, we'll, we'll add Sheik in there. I forgot about that guy. And Sheik well, we'll, and We'll send them back to Sampdoria for next season. Nice. Okay. And load yeah, up for next season. I, I like that. I don't think I could come up with another one after that. I could just say, for God's sakes, win the win the Champions League. <laughs> so, I thought if we go to the final, that's really good. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, um, all right. So that's a good one for Juventus. Okay, we go to Roma and Richard. Your wish for Roma. Roma for Richard. Okay. Um, I would say my wish list is to keep Raja Nainggolan, and if you got spare change. Keep Salah as well. Okay, so basically try to keep the team intact that uh, De Francesco can walk into. Okay. I would say uh, get a I would say for Roma, get a mentality. What do you guys think? Get a goaltender too. Keep get Salah. A, yeah, get a mental backbone. <laughs> so, I don't want to. I wouldn't tell Salah. What do you ask, Mark? Yeah. 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 Uh, loves him. <laughs> all right. All right, and now we knew. Now uh, next is Napoli and Michael. Oh, uh, Napoli wish list. Let me see. The biggest complaint I have in Napoli, I love their amazing season. Nice Italian. I go with Pepperino. He's been sort of a liability for Napoli. He came out, he had some big games, but then other games, uh, I don't know, I feel like he's like senile over here. 
But uh, he's getting older, and I don't feel like he's a future for Napoli. Napoli's a nice, young, fresh team, and I think they should get Perrin as a goalkeeper. Or so, maybe Sport Yellow, because Perrin's kind of injury prone. Carnesis. Or Carnesis, yeah, he's kind of <laughs> older. That's the only thing. Perrin or Sport Yellow. Skorowski's also a good one, but we're going to do over him. Oh, so we got to yeah. skip that back. Chesney do end up going, maybe he'll get that. And maybe get uh, Vizemed, like we were talking about, instead of Gulam. I think it will be a fantastic signing. And keep the trial up front. Mertens, Insigne, and Callejon. They scored the most goals in Italy. One of the best attacks in Europe. So and you got Mili coming brain. back. And Mili coming back. So, so no brain. Yep. All right. So at least a, a, a serviceable goalkeeper by comparison today. Okay. And, uh, and and try to keep the try to keep it together. Okay. I've got Lazio, and my wish is simple for them. Go ahead and take take Balde and Lucas Pelia and raid for all of these other players as long as you don't realize that Felipe Anderson is really our best player. <laughs> so, and that he remains at and that he remains at Lazio. So, you guys good with that one? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, fifth was Atalanta, and uh, we go back to Marco on Atalanta. Yeah, Atalanta. Okay, so for Atalanta. Um, I say the only thing you need to do, keep as many players as you can. We got a team in Europa League. We know how our Italian teams are in the Europa League sometimes. They don't take the competition seriously. I hope Atalanta can take it seriously if they realize that they actually need to reinforce instead of not just sell anyone because they're going to be playing on three competitions. Exactly. And that's another beast. We saw what happened with Tassolo, and you don't want another one of those. Uh, so, yeah, I, so just to be realistic. Keep as many players as you can get. That's a good one. That's a good one. I agree with that. We'll see. We'll see if that actually happens for them. Um, and sixth place, AC Milan. Richard. Um, I would love, you know, I'd love to have Belotti as a striker, but you need you need a legit striker. Um, and then I had one other. One. Oh, keep the Shelio. I know some people don't like him. I, I think he would play play well. His best side is the right side of the of the of the flank, the right cornerback or right flank, right back. Um, him and Ricardo Rodriguez on the flanks, uh, I think we'll do good things with Milan. Excellent, excellent. Um, I don't have a I don't have a problem with any of that. I just say qualify for the Champions League next season. Yeah, so. that too, that too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, uh, seventh place was Inter. Uh, Michael, uh, your wish for Inter. My wish for Inter. Oh, that's a good one, actually. Uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of. I wasn't the biggest fan of Inter season actually. But they got the biggest thing that matters right now. Something they always uh, lacked in a coach, and a coach that's going to be steady. They went over like three coaches in one season. That's pretty. That's pretty embarrassing, to be honest. So giving faith in Spalletti, giving them a nice contract. It looks like Spalletti's actually getting paid. That's great. They do gotta. They gotta make some improvement. I do like Kandanovic. He's great. They they need a couple center backs. Get Rudiger, get Manola. That'd be insane. That would help him a lot. Perisic looks like he's staying because Spalletti likes him. And uh, Spalletti does get the upper edge if he wants to bring in. They're saying nine go on, but I doubt it. Rudiger and Manola, so they get one of them since they played at Roma. Hopefully, he can bring him in. I think Inter, we could definitely see Inter in uh, Europa League for sure next season if everything stays the same. They do have a great squad with uh, great potential. What do you guys think about that? I, I just want to say that Inter need to get going on the Mercato because Milan are crushing them. Yeah. Um, once you count in Bilia, Milan would have spent $80 million so far and Inter haven't even done uh, good targets yet. So I think that they need to get going. They got their coaching situation right. You sign a defender, and I would have sold Pedisic to be honest. You get forty million for Pedisic. I take that, and I buy a nice, nice player. Uh, but whatever. I, I think that um, they need the, the coach is the most important thing for now. Yeah, basically uh, for Spalletti to do for Inter what he just did for Roma this past season, uh, and uh, to get some and to get some defenders. So yes. Uh, okay, so I've got Fiorentina. Um, uh, my wish for Fiorentina is that you realize you now have a very good coach in Stefano Pioli and you stick with him and you let him see out his project. Uh, I don't think I can say anything. I don't think I can, I can say anything more than that. So, um, you know, with respect to uh, La Viola. Uh, uh, Torino and Marco, back to you on Torino. Yes, uh, Torino. I mean, we know how good their attack has been, uh, but their defense has really, really, really let them down this season. Uh, Joe Hart is gone, Giuseppe Hart. Uh, that saga is over, so they need to sign a nice goalkeeper. And then, Michael Cantares. Um, 
Pam, my two Kintyres, yeah. Yeah, thank you. No, 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 because I'm going to be on the other team and I'm going to be scoring all the goals against him. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, but you, you need defender, you need a goalkeeper, and keep Galo Belotti as much. I want him to go to, I want him to, go to uh, Milan, but since I'm, I'm talking as Torino's perspective, keep Galo Belotti. I want him to go to Milan too, so don't worry about that. <laughs> all right, 10th place with Sampdoria and Richard. I would beg, I would beg, beg, beg Juventus if they take Schick to, you know, let him, give him back to loan, let loan at, at Sampdoria so they can still have him because I think him and Muriel will be fantastic together. But if that doesn't happen, they need to find their next starlet. Maybe a Sebastian Druisi or, or another another player who could play up top with Muriel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Payet is up and coming. Yeah, yeah. Payet is up and coming as well, absolutely. Yeah. So. Absolutely. I like that. I like that for Sampdoria. Uh and uh, that they can continue that they they, conti- they continue uh, the form that they achieved in calendar year 28, uh, 2017, uh, especially at the beginning, uh, the uh, the form that earned Marco Giampaolo the contract extension. Uh, Michael Cagliari, they finished eleventh. They conceded seventy five goals. What's your wish for them? My wish for them. Listen, they're the only city, uh, uh, one of the city uh, BP that progresses the city uh, that are doing good and they're mid table. So you can't complain that they're, I, get, I definitely give them a nice pat on the back for sure. But there's a, there's a problem there, defense. That's the biggest problem. And Bruno Alves, one of the key signings they had last season, he went to uh, Scotland, I think. I think he went to the Rangers. Rangers, yeah. So, and yeah, uh, they, they have a huge home advantage. Whenever they play at Calgary, they tend to get the results toward their end, or whenever they play away. Did Bruno Alves, Bruno Alves made our flop 11, right, Richard? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they won't miss him. <laughs> Because they're banging in those games. Yep. Came from Teddy B, and they're doing fantastic this season. Uh, yes, I, you know, and hopefully they don't have a second season syndrome either. Uh, I've got Sassuolo. I'll be. Uh, this is an this is an easy one. Uh, if uh, Di Francesco's going uh, to hopefully hang on to as many of these players as they possibly can, even though it may not happen, so I will go with consolidate. Consolidate and stay in Syria is the number one goal. Be able to survive relegation and build a team uh, to be a threat for the top half in 2018 2019. Does that sound good on Sassuolo? Yeah. 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 Okay, Udinese, Marco, you get the other uh, black and white striped team. You like how I did that? Yeah, I like it. I like it. Giving me the black and white stripe. Um, I think for, for Udinese, there's not much to say. Ever since they got Del Neri, they really, really improved. They were looking bad in the beginning of the season. What did they finish in? 13th place? I don't remember too well, but I think they started picking up some really good pace. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything for them. I say keep building on Del Neri, and and that's it. You're, that's where they're gonna stay. Come on, let's be honest with you, Vanessa. They're not the the team that's gonna come in fourth again and stay there and keep building little by little. But yeah, not much to say on them. All right, yeah, not much to say at all. And you know the, the, that they uh, continue to find the gems that they. That they uh, that they keep finding through the years that they've been fu- been able to find through the years too. Fourteenth uh, was Kievo and Richard. Your wish for Kievo? All right, I'll say this in jest, but not really. They should they should take the whole team and have them train with Sergio Plissier because he this man is six years old and he's about playing everybody else on that team. Um, <laughs> but in, but in truth, you know they have a lot of good players on that team. There's a good core to that team. They just need to add more depth, add more add more star players on the team because. Uh, they have a good foundation right now, but they need a little bit more help in the in the back. Uh, Walter Bierson needs some help in the middle, um, and you need to get a little bit younger on the end the attack. You got you got Roberto Inglese, you got um, Pedrini, but you know Pelissier, He's he's how long is he going to play? This may be his last season, maybe his next season. Uh, so they need a little bit more more help for sure. And my wish for Kievo is for uh, Roberto Inglese and Sergio Pelissier not to feel awkward every time Richard talks about them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys catch this? Whenever he talks about Kievo on this pod, the, his voice just, we said this last week, his voice just gets that much, you know, perks up that much more. I don't know. He's a Kievo fan. He's a closet Kievo fan. Every time Michael talks about a Greek player, so I know it too well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's the wish for the Flying Donkeys. And maybe get a nickname other than Flying Donkeys. My gosh. <laughs> it's just, actually keep it. It's kind of fun. But anyway, let's move on. we got two left. Okay, Bologna. Michael. Bologna, oh man, what a horrendous season they had this time. And they did have two Greeks on the team. So I definitely wasn't happy to, to hear the least on this. Uh, Donadoni is their coach. We know that. 
Well, one wish list is keep Destro. I'm pretty sure he he's a top goal scorer of uh, the team for them. Pretty good. Another wish list is bring Jacarini back because last year Jacarini was on fire with Bologna and they didn't end this badly. They were like a high mid-table team and now uh, they're closer to relegation to be honest. Uh, they're yep. smaller team. Keep Verdi. So fresh. Keep Verdi is another prospect. Yeah. Keep Verdi too. I agree with that. And keep Donadoni. He's uh, he's he's proving himself as a good manager. Um, you know, we you know, I think he's he's very much past uh, you know the 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 Italy 2008 experience. Uh, in my opinion, and I'll finish it up with Genoa. Uh, my wish list for Genoa is not to scare the living piss out of your fans like you did this past season. Um, <laughs> By teasing them with being sixth or seventh at the, at the very beginning and then plummeting all the way down to where you flirted with relegation. Uh, realize that you have a manager in Ivan Juric who is very passionate uh, about being there at Genoa. And, and try to hang on to some of your good players uh, you know, and, and, and make this interesting. There's no reason Genoa should be 16th. Uh, so the most important point that you missed? Oh, go ahead. Don't beat Juventus anymore. <laughs> 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 I don't know if Genoa fans are going to wish for that. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you can go ahead. So, all right. Well, those are our wish lists. Uh, that's our wish list for uh, for each of the returning Serie A players. And of course, with Cristoni, like we said, uh, you know, uh, play the entire 2017-2018 season like you played the last nine games of this past season. Uh, go to Syria. Go to at Syria. Sit down on Twitter or Instagram and give us a wish for your favorite team. Uh, you know, for the upcoming season, whether it's a player in the transfer market or, or how you want to see them perform in the following season. Ah, so that will put a bow on this edition of Syria. Sit down. Uh, let's do a social media check. And uh, Richard, we'll start with you. You can find me at R underscore Carmen, K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Excellent. And uh, anything you're doing blog-wise for World Football Index coming up? Yeah, uh, I got a blog of, uh, about Crotone for their magical season coming up, so I look forward to that. Excellent. We'll look forward to reading it. Uh, Marco, Michael, uh, let's, let's have another plug for IFTV. Yeah, yeah. You, could, uh, you can follow us at IFTV Official on uh, all your social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, anything you want, uh, we're there. Excellent content from you guys. We certainly definitely enjoy, uh, uh, we enjoy uh, watching your stuff and uh, some of the things that you put up with. Uh, um, that was the oh I I did leave out a wish for Sampdoria as well that uh, that the IFTV guys will be able to go back there and do Dizzy uh, Patrick Sheik again. Yeah, uh, we hope so. Maybe may, hopefully we're gonna hopefully we're gonna be going to Torino and doing them over there. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Excellent. We really appreciate it. And anyone guys, we help with uh, Mercato recaps. We're gonna be every single day uh, on our YouTube channel recapping everything that happened. Beautiful. All right. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's uh, that's where you can go for your, uh, for the latest and greatest on the Mercato. And I can, and trust me on this. Marco and Michael will go to the most reliable sources. They're not going to go to uh, uh, you know to some of these other rags that are just trying to get a story. Like uh, I can't I can't even think about. Somebody tried to turn Leonardo Minucci's Facebook dedication to the Juventus fans into an exit hint, and it's yeah, just uh, just like that. Just that's just somebody trying to fill a website. Um, no, they, they, they get, they, they, they go to the trusted sources. They go to the sources that normally get it right. So, uh, you know, definitely follow those along as we go through the summer. Um, you know, guys, thanks so much for, uh, for being a part of this. You've completed your hat trick of appearances. Congratulations. Um, and, uh, Marco, congratulations on your graduations and, and get out of here and go and drink some Lambrusco now. Okay. Have fun. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. You, you bet. It was a pleasure having you guys. Ciao. Well, have a good one, Ciao. guys. Ciao. Good night. Ciao. Ciao. Uh, Ciao. You, can find, you can find me at FTC underscore 21. You can also go to World Football Index. Look for me. I am, the, I am my blog, The Calcio Consultant. Uh, I did a preview on the Champions League final and got it horribly wrong, as, as did a lot of people. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, my, my blog that will be coming out this week will be my own team of the season. It's a slightly different one from the one we did here on the pod. Uh, just my own personal picks. Not that I was, did, not that I'm disagreeing with the Serie A sit-down team of the season. I like it a lot. Like, uh, like working on it, but, uh, had, uh, had a few changes if you just asked me to do it on my own. So, uh, and I also named my manager of the season and my player of the season in that, in that blog. So go ahead and give that a read. Um, as for Serie A sit-down this summer, uh, you know, with, uh, the league on hiatus until, 
until August. You know, Richard and I will uh, will certainly do the best you, we can. Um, Richard, we might uh, pop up here in a few weeks and uh, keep everybody updated with the Mercato. Maybe before the uh, uh, preseason camps open up for all these teams, we can get everybody up to speed on who's come and who's gone with each of the teams. What do you think? That's right. We're gonna, we're, we'll keep we'll keep coming up and uh, making sure people remember us so they don't forget about us. You know. Yep, and we'll do some preview pods, uh, trying to uh, preview each of the teams and you know what everybody can expect with the upcoming season. Uh, you know, so uh, we we're not going to be we're not going to be too far removed uh, this summer. We will uh, uh, we will put up enough uh, content here for you guys to uh, stay engaged. So and have you guys ready uh, for the 2017-2018 season. So uh, on behalf of Marco and Michael and Richard, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us. Uh, as always, please tell your paisans about us. Ciao.